Hello Internet, my name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And this week on Screen Verdict, reviewing something topical. Yes. For once a movie that's just come out, rather than one that uh, the Blu-ray's about to come out for. But, I've got to say, the Moonrise Kingdom podcast has been pretty popular. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe we need to do more uh, out-of-date movies. Yeah, maybe it's time for that I Am Legend podcast your friends have been asking for. <laughs> God, that they'd asked about that. Hopefully not. But this week we're <laughs> reviewing the film Looper. Yes. Now this is written and directed by... I said Ryan Johnson, and, and you I... wrote the name down with a Y. Then I corrected you and said it's R-I-A-N. And then you said, well, that's not Ryan, that's Ryan. Yeah. So it's directed and written by Ryan or Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Who you may know from Brick, which I think was a self-funded sort of indie cult hit that came out a few years ago that I really liked. I think I thought that was really good. Was it a spin-off of uh, Anchorman? <laughs> I would watch that. Yeah. I would definitely watch that. <laughs> Unfortunately not. And then he did the film Brothers Bloom with Adrian Brody, Mark Ruffalo, and Rachel Weisz. Ah, oh, Adrian Brody stole Bill Murray's Oscar. <laughs> oh, wait, that was the wrong year. <laughs> oh, Adrian Brody stole Jack Nicholson's fourth Oscar. <laughs> and I really liked that too. That was a fun sort of action comedy film about con artists. It was really stylish. So yeah, I really liked his first two films. Mm. He has done more than this though. Fans of the podcast might be interested to hear that he directed two episodes of Breaking Bad. Whoa. Yeah. What episodes? The Fly? Did he do The Fly? Well, he did an episode I think it was called 51. It was episode four of the latest season. Yeah. I think we both agree this was our least favorite episode. Of the season. Oh, yeah. What's birthday? Other than the weird dubstep montage, not much happened that episode. I don't really like dubstep. Yeah, so you didn't even like the montage. <laughs> yeah. The other episode he directed was The Fly. It was The Fly. those who didn't hear the podcast, I declared this to be the worst thing I have ever seen on television. And the fans on uh, Blueberry or whatever it is, like, <laughs> ripped you a new one. It's a very... Controversial episode Burberry. of Breaking Bad. I like the show, Breaking Bad, but I hated this episode. Yeah. So I love his films, and I hate his Breaking Bad episodes. Not sure yeah. what to expect from Looper. Yeah. Mm. So let's get into Looper. Matt, what is the premise? What's what's the point? What's going on in Looper? Okay. Well, we've got uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt living in 2044. Which is the future from now, but the present in the movie. Yeah. Right? Okay. Everyone's with me? He is a looper. Yeah, yeah. what's a looper? Okay, I think we're going to need to go a bit forward to explain what this is. In the future, 30 years later, so around 2074, they have um, invented time travel. Well, okay. You might think that's not going to affect... 2044, but no, it does because people can go back in time to 2044. <laughs> but they've outlawed time travel in the future. It's um, outlawed, a bit like Footloose, how they outlawed dancing. So no one can have fun with their time machines. They've all got to <laughs> turn them in to the government. They'll get burnt. But organised crime have kept a few time machines. And they're not going back to get sporting almanacs. They're sending people back they want to kill. 
Because apparently um, you can't dispose of bodies in the future either. You can't travel in time and you can't dispose of dead bodies. So the fun police has really uh, <laughs> clamped down in 2074. So they'll send the bodies back of the, the people they want killed. Then uh, Jason Gordon-Levitt or the other loopers will be waiting for them with a gun at the right point and they'll shoot the person straight away. And there's like heaps of like silver bullion stuck to their backs. Um, which must be the currency in 2074. Like now people are trading in silver and gold bullion. Yep. Yeah. So, very bizarre. Invest now. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of all those crazy bonds and stocks. Just silver and gold. That's where you want yeah. your uh, value to be. We had a game show in Australia called Temptation. Where the like grand prize if you went through all the rounds is like half a million dollars in gold bullion. <laughs> How awkward would that have been? I'm going to take that into the bank to change. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm. That's generally how the loopers work. Now, get, it gets a bit complicated being a looper, right? There's a catch. They sometimes want to close your loop. What's closing the loop, Jonathan? Well, because time travel is illegal, they sort of want to get rid of any loose ends, anyone who might know about these uh, time travellings that have been going on, and people that would know of these murders and disposing of bodies 30 years in the past. Hmm. So, when the person who is the looper ages 30 years and they get to that point in time, Hmm. they are then captured and killed and sent back in time to be killed by the looper 30 years previous. There's something about this policy I didn't get. Why are they sending the loopers back to get killed by themselves? Why don't they send Joseph Gordon-Levitt's future self to Paul Dano's future uh, past self and Paul Dano's future self to Joseph Gordon-Levitt's present self because then you don't have the complication of people having to kill themselves and chickening out or things happening that could go wrong. Why are they making people kill themselves? Not ethically, though that's questionable. Uh, I guess you're killing people, you're an organised crime ethics aren't a concern. (laughs) But just practically it seems like you're creating a situation where there's more likely something that's going to go wrong. Well, you get a bigger payday when you kill yourself. You, Mm. You close your loop. But I suppose when the time comes about that someone else kills the future you, just on someone else, whoever you next kill, they keep, they could give you the big payout on that one. And then when you see that, you're like, oh, someone's killed the future me. Yeah. Or they don't even have to tell the people when they sign up that we're going to send you back in time and get you killed in 30 years. They could just do that. <laughs> it could be possible that they would find out somehow that they get killed in the future. Hmm. Like, one of their friends sees the body and goes, oh, that looks like you 30 years from now. <laughs> and they're like, hey, you're making us kill each other? Yeah. Whereas at least if they tell them, go, but mm-hmm. hey, you get a big payday, because these guys are criminals. They go, okay, big payday, I know I'll die in 30 years, I'll take it. Yeah. And maybe, like, there wouldn't be as much of a movie here if they did it that way. <laughs> it just ends 15 minutes in when yeah. Paul Dano shoots Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess... That's generally the premise of the world that they've created. But um, I guess the sort of premise of this movie 
is that Bruce Willis is Jason Gordon Levin in the future, and he comes back in time to get shot by Jason Gordon Levitt, but he escapes. And this causes all sorts of issues for everyone concerned. Yeah, the bad guys are out for both of them, really, because Joseph Gordon-Levitt has made the mistake of letting him future self go, and they also need to get Bruce Willis, the future self. Mm. So Bruce Willis is trying to get away from Joseph Gordon-Levitt because he knows he's supposed to kill his future self, Mm. but he can't kill him, or else he'd never exist. Yeah. So I like that dynamic. Bruce Willis can't kill Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt can kill Bruce Willis. Yes, it's, um, I guess, gives an advantage to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. In their showdowns. It's like if we were laser tagging and I won by not getting shot by you, but I wasn't allowed to shoot you and you won just by shooting me once, then that's, uh, I think you win. So this is the initial premise of the film, the hunt between these two guys. But then I guess we learn things about the future and there are sort of more motivations for the characters and... I think that's good because whenever you reference sort of a world, like you create a setting 30 years in the future or 60 years in the future, it's interesting to see what that world is like. So this isn't a film just about these time-travelling assassins. No. It's also about, you know, what's happened to humans in the future, Mm. whether that be political or evolutionary or whatever happens. So I like that the the film sort of picked up another sort of element Mm. partway through. Do you think the time travel worked? Do you think that was dealt with well? Were there flaws in the time travel? Because often when time travel happens, there are some big flaws. Uh, Was there here? Yeah, time travel. People love to pick out the mistakes or what would happen in movies whenever they're time traveling. And it seems like filmmakers aren't scared of it because time traveling movies still keep coming about we've had pretty recent ones like source code midnight in paris which mm. we reviewed and we both liked yeah we had men in black three this year <laughs> some time traveling uh and now looper well it gets people talking <laughs> like even if people don't like the time travel it gets people talking and you forgot hot tub time machine <laughs> <laughs> how could i forget yeah now i don't know how time travel works i haven't time traveled But I'm not sure if time travelling would work exactly like it does in Looper. Mm. But here's the thing. I think as long as the film sets up rules for the time travel, and as long as those rules are reasonable, and it follows those rules throughout the film, I don't have a problem with it. And I think Looper stuck to its own rules. It set up a situation and goes, this is how time travelling works, and then I think the whole film made sense by adhering to those rules. Yes. Like, it was a, it's always a bit confusing. you got people going back in time, they change stuff, and then that changes the course of events that leads up to them going back in time. I think what happens to um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt doesn't affect Bruce Willis mm. in 2074. It only affects Bruce Willis when he joins him on the same timeline when he comes back to 2044. Yeah. Which doesn't completely make 100% sense, but I think as far as time travel goes, we'll run with it. 
Yeah. Um, Lost was a show that um, brought in time travel, and they brought in the general rule that whatever happened, happened. So you can't go back and change significant events. It will still all work out the same, right? Yeah. Then they sort of, in the last season, didn't follow that rule. <laughs> so that's maybe an example of a show that was very good at defining the rule, but not good at following through on it. I think we can all agree, if you want to see how to do time travel in a film, watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Not only the best time travelling movie, but perhaps the greatest comedy of all time. Mm. Back to the future's you go. <laughs> I think as you go, back to the future. Now, Jonathan, we've talked a bit about being a looper. Would you be a looper? Maybe we should go through the pros and cons of being a looper, <laughs> where this is a occupation. Uh, neither of us really have like huge full-time jobs where we're locked into like five-year, ten-year contracts or anything <laughs> like that. Um, maybe we could decide, is this a career path we should be pursuing in 30 years' time when it's a thing? <laughs> <laughs> we could have like a 20-year job contract now that it still sets up for the looper. Well, I guess a pro would be that it seems fairly easy. Mm. Just every now and again, you get the note, you stand around, and then you shoot someone, and then you collect a bunch of silver, which is apparently pretty valuable. Yeah. I feel like it might be outweighed by the cons in that you are murdering people. Mm. Like... It seems like silver is pretty valuable. I don't know if it's value enough, valuable enough to convince me to murder people. Yeah. And then it also means you have a guaranteed life expectancy of no more than 30 years from when you sign up. Yeah, but once... Okay, here's another pro. Once you kill yourself, you don't have to kill anyone else and you get pretty much 30 years to just do whatever you want for your gold bullion. Which in Bruce Willis uh, slash Jason Gordon-Levitt's life that we see in the movie, they seem to decide to spend a lot more time killing people, which is I thought a very bizarre. I thought they'd be like on the beach, like just chilling out, not like just continuing organised crime work. <laughs> but you wouldn't have to do that. You could go to the beach, the Bahamas, you know, chill. I guess that depends on whether I'd be a better looper than the people in the film, because it doesn't seem like a very good job for all the people in the film. Yeah. It doesn't turn out too well a pro, for that many people. A pro adventure? You get some adventure? I might get to meet Emily Blunt again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it doesn't seem like the adventure in Leap is as fun as the adventure in Moonrise Kingdom, though. <laughs> I wasn't really watching going, oh, wouldn't it be great to go on an adventure? <laughs> It's like a rather broad term. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm going to say no. I'm going to say I would not be a looper. I know I said to you when we were leaving the cinema, it would be fun to be a looper, wouldn't it? <laughs> but I'm actually thinking I'll go no to. I don't think I'd want to kill people for silver bullion and then get killed 30 years later. Do you reckon you could justify killing people if you knew that they were bad? Sort of like a Dexter-type situation? Because in this situation, I don't even think they know who they're killing. Yeah. Yeah, these could be good people. Well, does that make it more acceptable? You're like, I'm not even involved. I'm just shooting randoms. Yeah. 
I don't know. Like, these could be people in the witness protection program. <laughs> like, they're the kind of people the mob like to take out. They also like to take out drug dealers. So I guess you're like, oh, balances out. I kill, like, <laughs> one witness protection program person, one drug dealer. Yeah. It all is morally neutral. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also a lot of this movie, a surprising amount of this movie, um, from what I was expecting, of uh, Jason Gordon-Levitt on a farm with Emily Blunt. I did not see much of that in the trailers. Yeah, I don't even remember seeing her in the trailer. No, I think maybe there's a shot of her so they could say Emily Blunt's in the movie. But <laughs> yeah, I, I did not know that we'd be spending this much time on a farm with Emily Blunt and her kid. How, how did you find this whole farm, Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt's son situation? Well, I thought that this was a fairly sort of gritty kind of action film with a lot going on. I didn't know how well Emily Blunt would fit the role. Mm. Uh, normally her performances are a bit more comedic or mm. soft, but I thought she was all right in this. I thought yeah. her like walking around with the shotgun and stuff was kind of interesting. She had a few good scenes with uh, him and the kid. Mm. I think some of the scenes on the farm did kind of slow the film a little bit. But I guess things are slower on a farm compared to people running around in cities with uh, assassins after them. Hmm. The kid, though, the kid was very interesting. I thought the kid was a great actor. I don't know how old he is. He only looked about six or so. Hmm. Uh, He was amazing. And get your memes ready because this kid has some amazing faces. There's some (laughs) great sort of slow-mo shots of him being really angry and I can totally see, like, on 4chan or whatever, just, I don't know, anything, like, people getting angry and just that kid's face, like, shit going down or something. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, it's a kid and a mum with some secrets. And Jason Gordon-Levitt rocks up, um, and I guess he's got his own mission. He's waiting for Bruce Willis or whatever. Yeah, she seems to know. She goes, wait, you're a looper? Do we ever find out how she knew what loopers were? No. I don't know how she knows that. <laughs> that was very bizarre. A girl who just grew up on a... Like, she seems like she had a bit of a troubled life, but I didn't think anyone really knew what loopers were except loopers and the organised crime syndicates. I didn't know that was, like, a rumour that was, like, floating around on the streets. Hey, you hear about these uh, loopers? They kill people who come from back in time. That people would have been like, you're crazy. There's no such thing as time travel. There'll never be time travel. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was weird how she knew that. So, we had in the... Bruce Willis wasn't the first guy who sort of got away in the movie. Paul Dano's in the movie and his um, self escapes and he passes on a message to Paul Dano saying, in the future... There's this rainmaker person. He's closing all the loops. He's just killing all the loopers. And the character pulled Dano, and 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 he passed that along to Jason Gordon-Levitt, who like they oh, what's this rainmaker and stuff? But isn't that the point of like the looper system that they all get killed thirty years later? Like I didn't. Oh, that's what they were signing up for. I think maybe they were getting closed early. Oh, so before... Okay. Possibly. I'm Maybe. not sure. Yeah. They can't get closed early. They can only get closed when time travel is invented. Yeah, but it's not like time travel is invented in an instant and then all of a sudden there's these crime syndicates setting people back. Like, obviously, time travel's been around for a couple of years. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. So, we've also got a little sneaky appearance uh, by uh, 
The only person I trust to get my news from, Jeff Daniels, <laughs> in the movie, star of the newsroom. And he's sort of running running the show. Yeah, I think he's sort of the big crime guy for this city. Mm. And, he pro- and he plays like a fairly similar character to Will from the newsroom. Yeah. Just he's got that same kind of snarky attitude, like he's still, he's quick with his words, he's just a bit sort of less shaven and yeah, running a time traveling crime syndicate. Doesn't wear a necktie. <laughs> he will not wear a necktie. <laughs> he hates the necktie. <laughs> People in the future don't wear neckties. <laughs> so no, he was good. So let's go to our, one of our favorite segments, what has Blank taught us? What has Looper taught us this week? Surprise. Jonathan, what has Looper taught you? Matt, Looper has taught me that if ever I want to send a message to my future self by carving into my own skin, be succinct. Yeah. Pick code, some symbols. There's no need to be cutting whole paragraphs into my arm Yeah. in order to uh, have a, a scar message for them to read in the future. So... Perhaps I should uh, go quickly pick up some some shorthand so uh, as to reduce the amount that I have to cut myself. Do you reckon getting a tattoo is the move? Yeah, tattoo could be the go. You have to find someone to do it. I might be under time constraints, or I might it might be uh, sensitive information. But yeah, I would probably, I don't know. I'm not done either. But I imagine a tattoo would be less painful than than stabbing myself. Mm. Yeah. So Matt, what has Looper taught you? I learnt that in uh 2044, LA might not be the city uh, to visit. I've been to LA a couple of times, and I know some people are pretty divided on LA. Some people, oh, it's a bit disgusting or <laughs> seedy or polluted or whatever. I, I quite like LA. I think it's a cool place. I think, um, you know, there's nice people there, some really cool places to go. I, I think sometimes it gets a bit of an unfair rap. Like, the amount of people have said to me, like, when I say, oh, I'm going to LA, they're like, oh, no, San Francisco, man, that's where it's at. I'm like, I'm sure they're both nice places. I'm sure there's good places. In- so I quite like LA, but it looks like in 44 years, there's a lot of, like, little homeless kids walking around, a lot of crime, a lot of <laughs> seediness. And, like, I know there's a seedy side to LA today. It just seems like it's much bigger and much more widespread um, in 2044. It's not getting better for LA, so maybe go there Go there now while you still can. Yeah, if you're booking holiday plans, if you're booking your flights for 2044, yeah. if you like to be early in advance, probably change those from LA. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's also a bit of a douche move, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt driving his amazing sports car around the homeless people. Like, <laughs> just, I'm going to take this around the homeless zone and show <laughs> all the homeless people my cool car. <laughs> So, Matt, is it time for our screen verdict rating on Looper? Yes. Let's do it. I really liked the opening of this film. I thought it had a really cool uh, feel and tone and was just executed really well. It like, felt like one of those old uh, noir sort of films with uh, Jason Gordon-Levis narration. I know sometimes we're a bit divided on narration, but I think this time it worked really well. And it felt like one of those old sort of movies, like, you know, sort of, I'll tell you what it's like being a Looper. And uh, from the look in his eyes, I knew he meant trouble and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, like, which I thought was really cool. He sort of walks around, you see the seedy sort of underbelly and the 
you know, the stripper he likes and has a bit of a relationship with, or the, well, she's more a, she's more like a a, a, a a lady of the evening, a prostitute than a, than a stripper, I guess. But, and that was a really cool thing. Um, like the way they started with the tone and introduced the concept of loopers and things. I think as we moved more to the farm and uh, a bit out of that city noir feel and more into just a, waiting on a farm and um, like sort of the Joseph and Gorda Levitt stuff became a lot more slow and a lot more sort of about him and Emily Blunt and the kids relationships. And then the Bruce Willis stuff just became more like a Bruce Willis action movie. It be- lost my interest a bit because I think it moved away from that sort of uh, thing. I thought it was still well done. I still liked it all the way through. I thought uh, Jason Gordon-Levitt did a great job. I thought Bruce Willis did an okay job. I thought uh, Emily Blunt was all right, though nothing too interesting there. And she did my favourite line of the movie, though. There's a thing called TK in the future where there's a sort of genetic mutation where 10% of the people can levitate coins uh, from their hands. Um, and, and she has this ability, too. And... The had the, she was telling him that uh, guys used to try to pick her up from clubs by levitating coins, but she'd like um, she'd uh, she'd use her levitation to keep them the coins on their hand, so that they couldn't uh, they couldn't do it. And uh, her line was, "A guy once burst a blood vessel trying to get it up." <laughs> and I just thought that was very funny. Well, so, someone else in the cinema liked it because we're after that. That line, someone in the back, seeing what seemed like in the back row, went, <laughs> couldn't get it up. <laughs> I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But I, I just think this movie would have been better if it was shorter and it kept a bit more of that noir feel throughout. The ending also seemed a fairly, like, standard sort of twist sort of thing. I don't know. Um, so I thought it was good. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Seven and a half. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like uh, I have a pretty similar take on the film. I, I really liked the opening. I thought it was real stylish. I liked the sort of noir feel as well. I thought it was really pa- well paced. I thought it was an interesting world. I liked seeing the setting in 2044. That was really believable and engaging. Something that we somehow haven't mentioned, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's face. They've sort of CGI'd mm. his face to make look a bit more like Bruce Willis. Mm. He doesn't really look like Bruce Willis, but I guess they did the nose enough just for you to believe that they're the same. Mm. Like, you still think of them as Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis, but at least you're not like, there's no way it's the same guy. How did you find the uh, the montage where it showed them aging into Bruce Willis? I like that as a montage because there's some cool scenes, but in terms of yeah. showing the transformation from one to the other, it still didn't really convince me that they... No. That it was still a very... Yeah, now we've clicked over to Bruce Willis. Yeah, the first Bruce Willis one was just Bruce Willis wearing a wig. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like... Maybe they should have done the uh, the Ted with Mark Wahlberg. Bruce Willis just puts on a baseball cap. And yeah. they're like, oh, he's young. That's the yeah. young one because he's wearing a baseball cap. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And then as we got into the film, I liked the various plot setups. I was still interested for the most part, but I think things did slow down a little bit on the farm. And on the farm, you didn't really have that same feel anymore. That could have been set any time. And I guess I didn't think it was as interesting because it wasn't 
unique to that setting. Mm. Like now it's just like people hold up in a farm and I feel like I've seen this before. Yeah. I think in terms of the time traveling and the twist and the rules, it didn't make any major mistakes. There wasn't any huge plot holes where I was like, oh, well that wouldn't have worked. Mm. But I guess the twist and the plot development wasn't as interesting as the setup. Mm. Yeah. But I did think it came together well and I, I guess I went with the ending and I was mostly pretty satisfied. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Okay, cool. There weren't enough zombies in the barn for my liking. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made things a bit more interesting on the farm. There we go, there's Looper. We've, we've closed the loop on that one. <laughs> That's when we didn't have to kill anyone to do it. Now, uh, housekeeping segment, and we've got something we've promised for the listeners, a competition. I love um, yeah, where we said when we got to 100 people on Facebook, we'll draw one at random and they'll win a prize, a mystery prize. Now, you have to go to work now and I have to go out to lunch. <laughs> we don't really have time to cut up the names and put them in the hat and draw them <laughs> and then announce the prize and things like that. I don't like breaking promises either. Should we just... So, uh, given apologies to the listeners and say we'll do it on the next podcast for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to blame on someone other than us. Like, it, it wasn't just us who wasn't organised. I was going to say, we've got the prize, it's just been delayed in the mail. Jasmine, uh, Jasmine cancelled her Facebook account this week. We're now gone down to 99. We're going to have to wait. No, I think it's better just to say it's us being not disorganised but running out of time <laughs> and we'll get on top of it for next week. I think it's better. Like, I think our listeners want honesty from us. Not some hard. I think they want prizes. They want prizes and honesty. <laughs> we should do a poll. What would you rather? Honesty or prizes? <laughs> <laughs> so we are sorry about that. Um, well, we also got a very sweet message. It we, is coming next week, though. It's yeah, not oh, like no, we're going to forget. Oh, no, no, definitely. Next I, I, week. I feel we really bad because people go, well, the and they're probably all sitting at home going, ah, they said, said that, that last, last week. week. Well, yeah, so I, I do feel bad. But uh, we, we got a nice message, though, uh, because there was an internet rumour uh, that I had died uh, last week, <laughs> and I was just hanging out with Morgan Freeman. But I said it was a bit of a shame no one, got a, no one responded at all. No one seemed to care that I had died when that internet rumour came out. Like, Morgan Freeman's page got, like, thousands of people liking it <laughs> and sitting on well wishes. I got, like, none. So, but... Uh, Eric Erling Sund uh, commented on the podcast on our fa- on our Facebook fan page. Said it seemed like such a clinical announcement that I assumed it was a joke. I did Google Matt Noble screen verdict dead question mark, but nothing hugely important came up. What came up? <laughs> nothing hugely important came up. So I just decided you were okay and got on with my life, even if you weren't getting on with yours. <laughs> But then you get any comments again. But you were, so it was all okay. <laughs> so I, I appreciate, Eric, that you you took the time to Google Matt Noble dead and thought that if I had died, that Google would be on top of that. that Google, <laughs> It's very sweet, Eric, so thank you. I, I hope you get drawn out of the cowboy hat next week. <laughs> Although I hope that everyone gets drawn out of the cowboy hat well, next week. No favours. for a lot of prizes, yeah. so no, not well, I, everyone. No, no I... I know there's only going to be one, one winner. I'm just saying it would be nice if everyone could win. Yeah, well, we're not, not Oprah. Yeah. I'm not playing favourite. I just say I'm not playing. I'd like to Eric give to win. everyone a prize, we'd... 
I'm just saying I'd like Eric to win, but I'm not playing favourites of Eric. <laughs> okay. So uh, we better get off uh, <laughs> to uh, various things. <laughs> and we'll see you all next week. See ya. Bye.